0: Everybody, Welcome to episode number 292 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
1: And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is No Better Government. And our guest is Eric Pratt. Eric is a Senior Vice President for Gun Owners of America, which is a national grassroots organization representing more than 2 million Americans dedicated to promoting their Second Amendment freedom to keep and bear arms. Pratt is also the author of a civil government textbook, The Constitutional Recipe for Freedom, written to teach civil government to high school students.
0: Fantastic. Welcome back to the show, Eric. How are you?
2: Oh, doing great. Uh, it's so good to be back with you guys. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. Kind of a
1: busy season, isn't it, <laughs> A little
0: bit. Very much so. Yeah, uh, our Second Amendment rights are clearly <laughs> under assault. I don't think there's any way we can pretty that up or, or make that any, any nicer sounding than what it really is. Probably
1: our whole Constitution.
0: I wouldn't doubt that. And we are in an all-hands-on-deck DEFCON situation. And I wonder, do you think uh, president of the GOA, vice president of the GOA, did I overstate that? Is there a way to overstate the assault that our second amendment rights are under?
2: Well, no, you're not overstating it. I mean, you know, there's talk of uh, executive orders. Uh, Congress is changing the rules to bring gun control to the floor. In fact, uh, two bills are coming to the floor uh, of the House, and they're gonna try to send that over to the Senate as quickly as they can. Uh, one of the bills, H.R. 8, would make it a crime for a person just to transfer a gun to someone else. And, you know, it gives a few ex- exceptions, And and but there's a lot of problems with this bill. The biggest is the threat of registration because every transfer of a gun would have to go through gov- government screening if this bill Passes, But at its core, H.R. 8 would make it a crime just to hand a gun to somebody if you don't go through the proper government screening. And, of course, you know, they, they graciously, air quotes there, uh, you know, give us some limited exceptions. But really, they're all traps. I mean, you know, for example, the bill says that, uh, you know, graciously would allow you to give your gun, a gun to your daughter, uh, but not to her husband. Uh, and you could also gift a, uh, a gun to your son, but you better not do it in exchange for his doing work around the house or in the yard or anything like that. So, you know, you've got these few exceptions in the bill, but here's the problem. Y- you know, the left, today's exceptions are always tomorrow's loopholes. I mean, can't you just hear the left saying, oh, sure, you know, you can't give uh, a gun to your son-in-law but you can give a gun to your daughter who's married to him. That's the, the son-in-law loophole. I mean, you, you can already start writing their script for them. I mean, this is how the left advances gun control piecemeal. Whatever is allowable freedom today, they call it a, a loophole. Uh, but again, the biggest problem with H.R. 8, and this is the thing that, that the left has been after for a long time, is registration. Even the Obama administration admitted in 2013 that the only way to make universal background checks effective is to have universal registration because that's what they're after. And that way they can enforce any future gun ban. So that that's clearly probably the most pernicious bill that we're going to be seeing coming down the pike.
1: Man, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. There's just so much. I mean, I can't believe, you know, we know that that's what they want. It's the registration.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, yes.
1: They've been trying that since 1968. But, but is
0: registration ever the end goal of of things? I mean, if we look historically.
1: That's a start.
0: That's, it, that's right. That's registration right. It, is just a tool that they use later when they want confiscation.
2: Yeah, we've seen that in other countries. We've even seen that in this country. Uh, where registration, like New York City is a classic example. They began registering long guns in the 1960s. They promised at the time that it would never be used for uh, confiscation. But then under Mayor David Dinkins, when they banned many of those guns that were previously registered, and they said, well, we never made those promises uh, because it was you know, a generation earlier that had made the promises. And so they banned uh, certain commonly owned firearms. And the New York City papers wrote about it, how police were sent to people's doors who weren't uh, complying with the ban. Police went to their doors to, to confiscate firearms. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's never the end goal. It's always a stepping stone uh, to what they wanna get to. So yeah, that's a, a huge problem with HR8. Of course, there's another bill that Pelosi is rushing through and that's HR 1446. And, and this one would really just create indefinite delays uh, for w- when, you know, now that they're forcing everything to go through a background check, 1446 would make it so that, uh, you know, that uh, hearing back from the FBI could be indefinitely delayed. You know, we hear already from GOA members about how their, their background checks uh, to buy a gun are being delayed well beyond the three day limit that currently exists in law. And, you know, what we've seen over and over again, the FBI has no problem issuing delays on gun purchases, and they do it without any particular grounds for doing so. I mean, they can just ignore the law because, let's face it, for us to contest a delay is really expensive. It's time-consuming and complicated, and it might not get resolved for years. And so... You know, it's interesting. In justifying these delays, the left talks about the the Charleston loophole. That's in regard to a killer uh, at a South Carolina church a few years back. Uh, The FBI didn't find his drug arrest within the three days when he bought the gun. So the left wants to extend that three-day period much, much longer. You know, and it's interesting. Senator Tom Cotton just recently asked Biden's attorney general nominee, Does the Department of Justice have the authority to deny gun sales indefinitely? And guess what? He said he didn't know. I mean, here's the guy who's gonna be the head of the the Justice Department, and he doesn't know uh, if it's okay or not to indefinitely delay these background checks. I mean, that's really scary. And and that's how they're gonna make this Charleston loophole so big. I mean, you could drive a truck through it. I, I tell you what, the real Charleston loophole is the fact that Americans are prohibited from carrying guns in certain places. I mean, we actually see that at that South Carolina church shooting. The killer was originally gonna target a a local college, but then he saw there was a lot of armed security there. So he decided not to shoot up the college. Instead, he sought out a gun-free zone. He chose a church. To shoot up. See, that's the real Charleston loophole that the left doesn't want to talk about. That's really the Charleston loophole that we need to close because over 90% of mass shootings in this country, guess what? They occur in these gun free zones. Gun free zones are deadly, and that's really what Congress should be addressing.
0: Boy, I I couldn't have said that any better. And it was interesting when you were talking about uh, this latest nominee that that wants to use that uh, I don't know platform. Uh, the last time that that it hit me the same way as it did just now when you said it was back when uh, director of the FBI James Comey was being questioned about online sales, and he and the question was, so how does this work when somebody purchases a gun online? And he said, you know. I don't know. And we were, I mean, we are gun store owners and we are held to the letter of the law that's going to eventually be enforced by federal, right? Uh, laws, uh, as it works its way up the chain. And we were just aghast. And at that time it was before so much about, you know, whatever you believe about the, the, the FBI as an organization or the people that work on the ground before we knew anything that made us, you know, kind of tilt our head like a, hmm, what's going on here? And, uh, and, and I defended him at the time I was, I said, you know, well, he's, he's got a lot of things he's got to know. Maybe he just doesn't know about this one particular piece, but now I see that, that I don't know platform is just a way that nobody, nothing can stick to them later. Right
2: right oh yeah I, I think tyrants love that excuse i mean before the fbi director of course though, there was sergeant schultz you know uh, i know nothing right <laughs> i mean that's just classic
1: eric when are they gonna realize congress gonna realize that um they can make all the laws they want but the criminals are still gonna break them the criminals what they're doing is they're making uh, honest citizens yes go through all these loopholes to stop criminals that they keep releasing out of jail and keep giving them a second pass. We need it, it, that's where it yeah. needs to be addressed.
2: It's so backward. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the laws that they're creating are only going to affect us, the good guys, and the bad guys. Yeah, they, they, they steal the guns, uh, they pay people uh, to buy guns for them uh, if they have a record. Uh, you know, or they, or they could just make them from scratch. Heck, I mean, they find guns in prisons that, you know, right. are made from just odd objects. I mean, there's just absolutely no way that you're going to stop bad guys from getting their hands on guns. I mean, any more than, I mean, look, you know, we had a, You know, whatever you think about the war on drugs, we had it for a long time. And does anybody really want to say that uh, it's been effective uh, and that they stopped drugs from coming into the country? Uh, You know, so, you know, the whole idea of banning something. uh, But what's particularly pernicious about this is they're they're trying to ban or severely restrict an item that is constitutionally protected. You know, the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. And that's because it is a God-given right that every man and woman has to be able to protect themselves, protect their family. And uh, so th- that, that's why Gun Owners of America uh, is fighting this so vigorously, why we're mobilizing people uh, to put heat on their legislators, because uh, we, we've got to get this stopped, because really uh, it is being aimed at us. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, just a total lie or excuse when they claim this is about stopping crime.
1: Right. And we got to remind all the listeners, isn't anybody that gets elected have to up, uh, swear to uphold the Constitution? Don't they have to swear to that?
2: Yes.
0: Most of them act like they, they have never even heard of such well, a document. What about but... the,
1: guy, the governor in New Jersey that says uh, the, it's, 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 not, it's above his pay grade? Mm-hmm. The Constitution is above Still his murky. pay grade. So, I mean, come on. He's you know? a
0: gem, right? He <clears throat> is just a gem. All right. So um, uh, with over eight and a half million, it's got to be probably much closer to nine million by now, uh, brand new gun owners across this nation. Uh, it, it, that has just happened in the last 12 months. Why would now be the time for politicians to be taking such a hard stance against our rights to keep? and bear arms, doesn't that feel or sound a little bit tone deaf?
2: Oh yeah, totally, Uh, absolutely. You know, there is no popular push for gun control. Uh, It's interesting, Gallup, uh, the organization, Gallup, the the polling organization, they every month ask Americans a question, uh, what is the most important problem facing America? And in February, the desire for gun control, in other words, uh, you know, we need more gun control. That's the problem. The desire for gun control was not even in the top 20 answers. Less than 1% of Americans uh, said that th- that was the biggest thing. You know, we need more gun control. You know, what was at the top? I mean, COVID was at the top. Okay, But right under COVID, number two, you, you want to know what's there? disgust with politicians, poor government leadership. I mean, people are sick of the politicians. By the way, disgust with the media was also uh, much higher than gun control. So, you know, I I think what is happening here, you know, gun control is just a total red herring. You know, it's like Pelosi and company are saying, hey, don't look at us. Look at this shiny object over here. See, I mean, this is a distraction. The left hates the Constitution so much. They, They hate Really, they, they hate freedom so much, they're willing to sacrifice seats in Congress to get gun control passed. Yeah, it's interesting, in 1994, the Democrats, uh, you, you'll remember, passed the Brady Law, uh, which was the background checks. They passed uh, a ban on commonly owned firearms, the semi-auto ban, and they got hammered in the 94 elections. They lost the control of Congress for like the first time in 40 years. And President Clinton said, at in fact, he said numerous times over the next few years, many times he said it was that gun control that cost him the control of the Congress. Well, you know, it's interesting that election had a chilling effect on the Democrats' ability to push gun control after that. So now what they're doing is they're pushing policies that they think has the support of a majority of Americans and, and they have polling, you know, that they say supports this. Of course, it's the same pollsters that were telling them uh, that Americans favored the semi auto ban and, and the Brady law. And, and those pollsters were wrong then, you know, just like how they're usually wrong about most elections. Uh, you know, the pollsters are just always getting it wrong. But, you know, they claim that gun owners support universal background checks. I think Democrats are going to have a huge surprise for them. Uh, A national poll over 17,000 gun owners found that 92% of them would not vote to reelect a legislator who supported universal background checks. Yeah, So uh, as uh, Dirty Harry used to say, hey, uh, do you feel lucky, Nancy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, because, I mean, it's only a year and some change before we get to, to vote again on some of these seats. And I do think that that they're taking quite a risk with the direction that they're going. And it really is going to be up to, it always is up to each and every individual citizen being involved, even you know themselves reading the documents This big thick document that I'm holding here is all of like 50 pages long and it is our recipe book for how to run a nation. There were people that fought bled, starved and died to have the opportunity to put quill to parchment to write our constitution and our bill of rights. And I, I don't think it's too much to ask for each of us to take the hour that it takes to read this and then be involved and speak to our legislators respectfully and help them because they're called uh, representatives, right? How can they represent us if we don't speak to them and tell them who we are and how to represent us? And how can we tell them to represent us based on this if we haven't familiarized ourselves with it? And you, Eric, uh, clearly must understand this, because you have written a book called The Constitutional Recipe for Freedom, and you teach it to high school students. And I think that that is amazing. And I want you to talk to us about your experiences doing that, because we can't protect an inheritance. This is our inheritance. Mm. We can't protect an inheritance that we don't even know anything about
2: yeah you know i love teaching i love teaching kids uh i've been teaching high school students for 20 years in in my off hours um and you know i I wanted to teach government um i couldn't at the time i couldn't find a book that that i really liked so i ended up writing my own which is what you were referring to the constitutional recipe for freedom but i wanted a book that was pro-constitution Uh, In fact, uh, the the book requires, and and as part of the class that that I teach, I require my students uh, to read the entire Constitution and to summarize it. But I I wanted a book, a government book that was pro-Constitution, pro-Freedom, pro-Founding Fathers. Uh, You know, I wanted a book that treated rights as being God-given rather than being privileges handed out by the government. And, you know, everything we've been talking about so far, really that, that's perhaps the biggest problem, is that in, in pushing gun control, you know, like pushing H.R. 8 to require a background check before anybody can have permission to purchase a firearm, to exercise their rights. It, it's turning the, the whole notion of rights on their head. You know, if our rights come from God, Uh, as the Declaration of Independence says, uh, then that means that they are inalienable. They cannot be infringed. We don't have to get permission to exercise those rights. I mean, and think about other rights that we have, getting married, having children, speaking freely, traveling freely. You don't have to get permission from the government to do those things, and neither should it be One of our most basic rights, which is the right to protect ourselves. Um, So, anyway, that's you know what I wanted to to bring uh, to students, and uh, you know the exciting thing is that truth is very powerful. I mean, it changes people. Um, I've heard a lot of testimonials to that effect in in uh, with the students I've I've, uh, taught. I think one of the more dramatic stories. Uh, I remember uh, this was years ago, but there was a gal who. Uh, through the class just, kept, I mean, just challenging almost everything I said, like in every class. And um, and, and, and that was actually fine. I mean, it, you know, it was all respectful and, and my response to her was respectful and, and it provided actually for really good debate during the entire, and when I say debate, I mean in, in the very nicest way possible, but I, I think it really helped give students, you know, both sides of an issue. Well, fast forward to later, I was on a a, um, uh, a mission trip with one of my teenagers. Uh, it was a mission trip to, to Honduras, and anyway, she was on that trip. And so I'm I'm sitting in in a you know a row on the bus. We're going to a location. She's right behind me, and so she strikes up this conversation. She's like, you know, I feel like I, I need to to tell you about uh, you know what was happening in the class. And I was like, you know, you don't need to s- explain it. I thought the dialogue was was great. And she said. No, here's what happened. She said, I come from a very liberal family, and you're teaching the constitution and, and freedom and everything you were teaching just really went against everything I'd grown up believing. So I had a lot of questions. And so that's why, you know, I was hammering you with questions. She, she said, but halfway through the class, I caught the vision of you know, the, the constitution and 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 what it what it's saying. And and she said, I, I saw the wisdom in it. And so now I was having these discussions with my mom and so for the second half of the class the questions I was giving you were actually questions that were coming from her she said I, I finally just told my mom mom you just have to read Mr. Pratt's book and so she goes guess what my mom read your book and now she's uh, uh, concerned in fact the thing she said was she, goes, she now she's pro-gun now she's begging my dad to get a gun in the house and I just laugh I, you know that's great and, and, and it's not that I'm seeking an agenda to, to make everybody think like me. I just want them to know our history. And I think for a lot of students, it, it, you know, a, a lot of students tell me, you know, I was already oriented this way, but now this gives me uh, the, the reasons for it. And, and it's helped me to defend what I already believe. But anyway, it's exciting stuff. Uh, you know, uh, the, the truth sets people free and it's exciting to see the blinders come off.
1: Eric, you need to teach. You need to. Your teachings need to be franchised all over the country because (laughs) half the half the schools they don't even teach the Constitution. We just, I, you know, I'm 65. I just got to tell end of it. We didn't really go into the Constitution that much. We had to do that on our own. So, you know, doing what you're doing is great. If we could do that all across the country, then maybe people would wake up.
2: Uh, I'd love to. uh, You know, actually, in the through the class that I teach, I've actually taught kids all over the world. I mean, typically they're, you know, American kids who are stationed, you know, their parents are stationed in the state department or they're in the military. Uh, I mean, I've had kids who, uh, you know, when I'm teaching it there, uh, there uh, for them, it's, uh, you know, 1030 at night uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing. I've had other kids who are getting up at five in the morning because they're on the West Coast when I'm on the East Coast. I mean, so it's it's been a fun experience just uh, having kids r- really globally all over the world Great. that's
0: incredible I absolutely love it and I it has to be transformative and then for you to share that story just solidifies in my mind what I think I think you cannot not have that experience if you're truly open to uh, hearing and learning and considering other people's ideas and I think that's just well, beautiful you
1: know the, the, the question is who doesn't want freedom and you know that, who doesn't
0: that is that's an excellent question and how the how the people that that hate our freedoms are able to market and package you know this permissive based system which is what Eric was talking about as somehow freedom is really actually quite mind-boggling and and someone should do a study on that right-hmm.
2: Well I, you know and you guys know there's one political party that is the greatest threat to freedom I mean I, but let's face it both political parties have been a danger to our freedom at time and we have fought uh, Democrats and Republicans uh, and fought to defeat them at the polls uh, when uh, the, the, you know when necessary uh, because uh, you know let's face it. Uh, you know, there's been problems in both parts, but one especially that you know, whatever freedom they don't want to uh, that uh, they're not banning, they're they're then mandating. Uh, you know, so they're they're either for for bans, you know, like firearms, or, or they're mandating that you act in a certain way or wear a certain thing. I mean, it's uh, you know, I think people have had enough of this and, and already I mean one of the things I, I was gratified have. to see uh, I think it was yet another Gallup poll for the first time in history uh, they've uh, th- th- what they've seen already in a, in two months uh, in under this new administration is that uh, Americans uh, view of American life has dipped to the lowest point in in history what as long as they've been taking this poll uh, so you know things may be looking up for the next election although as you pointed out we, we have to grin and bear it for the next uh, year and a half or so uh, but um, I, I, I tell you what we you know we, we've got to be active you know we, we can't just sit back and, and wait for the, the next election we have to be very active in uh, mobilizing and uh, speaking out uh, to remind them that we're watching what, what what they're doing
1: and Eric that's probably one of the most uh, distor- disturbing thing about gun owners is that many, many of them aren't active. They, yeah. they kind of just wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Then when it's too late...
0: Then they freak out.
1: they freak out. <laughs> right. But, you know, the, we have a party of control is what we have right now. The, yes. It, it's all they... If they have control, they're happy.
0: Oh, it's true. Right. And, and I appreciate so much that you, you recognized, Eric, that this isn't just a left or Democrat issue. Uh, there are I think the the huge push that we're seeing from the platform of the Democrats. Uh, you know, may not be at my Democratic neighbor or the the lady I know in the grocery store who ascribes to being a Democrat, but it's the party platform. There's yes. such a push that it's actually giving an awful lot of cover to people who are wearing the big R, the big Republican you know, sign on their chest that they are doing things that we would absolutely not agree with if we were tuned in to what's happening. And then we have an organization like yourself that you're nonpartisan, right? Why? Because the Second Amendment is nonpartisan. Right. Our Constitution is nonpartisan, and you're out there fighting for people who who are shoulder to shoulder with you and people that are fighting against you. Because this is the best recipe for the greatest experiment of all of mankind, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights for, for the United States. Um, but what is the GOA, Gun Owners of America? What are you doing that, is, that differentiates you uh, from maybe other Second Amendment advocate groups or activist groups uh, that are out there?
2: Well, as you mentioned earlier, we we represent more than two million gun owners, and in, in fighting gun control, we refuse to fight by supporting gun control. Light, uh, and and that's an approach, sadly, that that sometimes we see others take. Is you know that this desire for compromise. Uh, I give you an example. In twenty thirteen, uh, there was a couple of organizations that uh, at the national level that were trying to fight. Obama's gun control by supporting universal background checks, you know, the the so-called Manchin-Toomey bill. And we opposed that approach. And in the end, when we won, the New York Times credited GOA with killing Manchin-Toomey and Obama's gun control. And the way we did it was by mobilizing our grassroots members nationwide, putting the heat on Republican legislators because they were the ones who were considering so, I mean, we, we knew Democrats were gonna support it. We had to keep the Republicans in line and, and some of them were considering support for it. But our message was, we want no gun control, no compromises, no manchin me, no other, you know, let's tweak this or that, none, zippo, nada. And guess what, that message won out. And so instead of compromising, <laughs> Senators' spines stiffened after our grassroots members started hammering them politically, of course, and Democrats couldn't muster enough votes to overcome the filibuster. And so that's how we killed it. I mean, you know, the problem is if we were to compromise, then we're just giving away more and more freedom. And pretty soon we would have none left to give because the anti-gunners, they're never going to stop. They support total gun bans. I mean, they have supported what D.C. used to have with its total gun ban. I mean, that's what they defended at the Supreme Court. I mean, so we know that this is where the left wants to go. They, they support the total gun ban approach. So if anybody thinks that appeasement or appeasing them is going to work, well, it, it's going to work about as well as, you know, Neville Chamberlain's Peace for Our Time approach work. And how did that turn out? <laughs>
1: Right, Did it's not. like some of your some of your members may be skeet shooters and only have shotguns, and when they see that a uh, bill's coming up for an assault weapon ban, they go, "Well, I don't have any assault weapons; it doesn't bother me any." And they got to wake up and realize that everything they do is every time we compromise, we're taking a, a, a deeper step into more con- compensation and all that.
2: So right. It's
0: boy that, and I remember, uh, you know, we haven't been. I haven't been in the advocacy activism world for terribly long, maybe five, six years. Uh, it's interesting how many uh, waves of this crazy roller coaster that I've experienced just in that time. We've been gun store owners for, you know, 16 years or so. Mm. And so we've always, we're entrepreneurs. We've always owned businesses. And when we opened the gun store, it was just another business. We were just selling, you know, a product like any other product we had ever sold in any of our others. And then, you know, suddenly we started realizing that uh, that particular business had a, a, an anti-PR guy sitting in the highest office in the world. Uh, president Obama constantly, you know, uh, throwing mud on, on us as gun store owners, as gun owners, as two way advocates. And that's what got me involved. So I'm hoping Mm. that the side effect of all of this horrible wave of, of anti-rights stuff that's going on, the bills, the rhetoric and everything else will activate more people like myself and my husband, Dan, that that we can no longer sit quiet, we cannot sit back and just, you know, wait and expect that all this is going to just play itself out or somebody else will do it. But I remember uh, the GOA taking heat for this no compromise hard stance. And I was so new at all of this, I was still in the early learning stages, that I thought, what, how, why on earth would that be a, a bad stance to take? And, you know, I remember hearing that, you know, well, if we don't give a little bit, they're going to take all of it. And that was always the mindset. If we don't give a little, they're going to take all of it. And I think where we are now is, I don't know, maybe we're in a, a, a game of chicken because it's like, really Democrats really Do you, if you really are able to enact these things and take all of it, do you really not think that there isn't going to be a huge political backlash? And it's a, it's a high price to pay. It's a scary place to be. But I, I have to believe that our founders, they put everything on the line, right? Everything.
1: I hate to interrupt, but I need their to, life. I need to tell you one of the things that scare me about all this is they're trying to change the way we vote. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm afraid of that because if they they know that they can't win an election, so they f- adjust things so that they can win an election. Mm. Does that not have any concern for us?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
1: it,
2: it's a yeah. huge concern. And GOA is fighting HR1. Um, you know, uh, w- we're excited to see the fact that there are states that, that are pushing back uh, against what's happening. Uh, I think the fact that we have the filibuster, I mean, the House passed HR1, which is, you know, changing voting as as we know it, Uh, but it's not going to get through the Senate, at least the way it is now with the filibuster. And that's one of the things that Gun Owners of America has been, you know, (laughs) we've actually spent as much time in the first two months um, lobbying against gun control. And when I say lobbying, I mean, mobilizing our members. We've also spent as much time. Uh, lobbying on the filibuster and preserving the filibuster. And it's not, I'll admit the greatest place to be in where uh, our keeping the filibuster right now comes down to keeping two or three Democrats. I mean, obviously the Republicans have a vested interest politically in keeping the filibuster. And and by the way, I should probably explain because there's always some viewers who will say, what what exactly is the filibuster? The long and short of it is in the Senate, the filibuster, rather than uh, just requiring a 50% plus one vote, it first requires 60 votes out of 100 to clear the hurdle to say, yes, we want to move forward and vote on this bill. And then you have the the majority plus one vote after that. And so the filibuster, I mean, that 60-vote threshold is huge. That 60% threshold is huge. And with that, I mean, Democrats already are freaking out that the filibuster is going to cause, uh, they're saying the filibuster is uh, going to create uh, a legislative graveyard for Biden. Well, you know, that... That happened, too, when the Republicans were in power. I mean, there were things that, you know, we wanted to get reciprocity passed. We got it passed in the House. We couldn't get it past the filibuster in the Senate. Uh, It doesn't mean, you know, you throw out the filibuster because there's going to be times when your guys are in the minority and you definitely want that filibuster. So anyway, that's, um, you know, the good news is we still have that filibuster. We're still working hard to keep that. And right now, uh, it looks like we have the votes locked in.
1: That's awesome. Is there any Democrats that are true rights people, like gun rights? And do we have any? I know there's some that like guns. There's a few. But are there any that are just like, I'm a constitutionalist Democrat, is there? No,
2: no. No. I I mean, you've got two, or you've got a few that will talk about how they love their guns and and things like that. Uh, But, you know, Manchin, who maybe is the most moderate of all the Democrats, I mean, he was the one who was uh, one of the co-authors of the Manchin-Toomey bill uh, eight years ago to impose universal background, universal uh, registration checks. So, no, there's uh, none righteous, no, not one on uh, at the national level in the Democrat Party in the Senate. That is a shame.
0: And the GOA, uh, you do work at the, the federal level with all of these HRs that you've been mentioning are mm-hmm. federal bills, uh, but right. you're also always active to, to at least encourage people to be involved yeah. in state uh, politics as well, yes?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, several state directors around the country. And for states that we don't have uh, a particular state director, we have a, a national state state director uh, that handles those other states. So, yes, we've been very involved in uh, in, one, in two of the, the, the big, I should say, three issues that we've been involved in. Uh, we've been working hard to pass constitutional carry. In fact, we were the first national pro-gun group at the federal level pushing that. Uh, we've been pushing the, uh, sa- making uh, states a sanctuary state's Uh, where they're not gonna help the feds enforce gun control. And the other thing we've been doing is is fighting against red flag laws and and keeping that from uh, passing. Uh, There would be more states with red flag laws if if we hadn't been mobilizing our members to oppose it. Because for a while, when when red flags was kind of a new thing, there were a lot of Republicans around the country that thought, oh, this is kind of like a middle approach way, like a, a compromise way that both sides support. And so our members help educate them on that, that no, this is a, an extreme violation of the constitution where you're taking people's guns before they've been convicted of a crime. I mean, where's the due process? That's horrid. And so uh, anyway, so I think we've put a tourniquet on that and uh, stopped the, the flood of states that initially were, were moving towards that.
1: Well, I, I, I read a meme a couple of days ago and I don't know if I got it right, but I'm going to try because it it's important they said that you know so like we have a governor right if you have a governor that's you know really strong on guns and everything else and you pass a law you say well we have this governor so everything can be fine but you have to think about who's going to be in place next time who's our next official because then they start abusing so we need to completely remove the law
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so uh Speaking of states, you and I are going to be visiting the same state very soon to take part in uh, an awesome speaker event. It's an event in Florida on Saturday, March 20th, called Freedom Not Fear, put on by Florida Carry. And I love when I see one a uh, two-way organization supporting another two-way organization because we got an awful lot of sibling rivalry sometimes <laughs> that takes place among our different groups. Um, and for you to, to step up and, and come out and be a speaker at that just really spoke highly of you to me. And um, can you just talk to us a little bit about that event and, and what you plan to share there?
2: Absolutely. So it's uh, an open carry event. Uh, Right now, uh, over 40 states uh, do allow open carry. Florida does not, with the exception of if if you're camping or fishing. So this is a camping event where uh, people will be able to open carry. And uh, so it's something that uh, Florida Carry has been sponsoring annually. It's actually my first time uh, going there. So I I probably can't speak a lot to it from experience as to what it's going to be like. But I will be speaking there, as, as you were saying, uh, and uh, I'll be giving a federal report on what's happening here in D.C. It'll be a lot of the stuff that we, we've already covered. Uh, but I, I think, you know, one of the big things that I just want to impart to people is just to uh, encourage them that this is a battle that we can win. You know, we were just talking about the filibuster in the Senate. Right now, Democrats do not have the 60 votes needed Pass gun control. So, even though we're, you know, we're, we'll be seeing the House passing gun control, uh, it, it's going to come to a, a stop in the Senate. And uh, so that's why, again, a lot of the work that we've been doing is working to save the filibuster. We're putting a lot of emphasis on, uh, you know, uh, we, we're talking about Mansion, uh, Cinema in, in Arizona, and Tester in Montana, because all three of them have made statements that, that they're very wary of tampering with the filibuster. So we're trying to re because we know that they're going to come under heat from Schumer, from the media, from, from their Democrat party. So we're trying to counterbalance that uh, by getting their members to say, Hey, what you said, we support you 100% in that. Do not cave, do not compromise uh, or we'll be really upset with you. And, and, you know, and by the way, don't, forget that at some point, Democrats are going to be in the minority again, and they will want the filibuster. So anyway, this is how, you know, saving the filibuster is one of the key things to saving our Second Amendment rights right now.
1: Well, we can pound the Democrats down so far that they won't have enough votes even then. Uh, th- they're going to lose a lot of, they should lose a lot of, uh, of uh, representatives with uh, the next election, election. and well, if they get enough then hope.
0: but if people are t- tuned out you know if they're yep. not paying attention and all they do is say well i am a fill in the blank democrat or republican so i'm just going to tick it on down the list you know then then that is not necessarily going right. to protect and preserve our constitution or if they just go by name recognition you know, well, I don't really know any of these people, but I've heard this name most often. So I'm just going to vote for that person. And it's like, th- that is not a representative, no. a way to, to elect a representative government. And we just really need to, to help people better understand and and messaging and, uh, you know, going to these speaker events where we're, we're on the ground talking to real life human beings, which has been so interrupted this past year because of the, the COVID stuff. Um, this is so important. And, you know, speaking to your spheres of influence, you know, people that, mm-hmm. you know, taking that chance to to share your ideas with people who may or may not agree with you, just like, you know, Eric's example of, you know, teaching a high school class and you know, not just taking the safe route and and saying, Oh yes, you know, young lady, I, I totally respect your, what is it called, your truth, you know, it's like, you know, you, you you can say that in certain ways, but then you don't stop there. You you continue to say, and then here's my truth, right? So, uh, and it's backed up by, you know, a couple hundred years of, of something called the Constitution. So, I really admire and applaud the work that that you're doing on all levels. But Eric,
1: you Eric. know too the you know if you want to talk to somebody that's on the other side, they're pounded so hard on the other side they haven't they don't even know how to debate it. Mm-hmm. All they all they know how to do is get angry when you don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. And so when you have students that will come up to you and and talk to you, that's a gift.
2: It really you know? is. Yes, it
1: really. It because there might be some things that you're you're locked on that maybe you you're not right on. And so we need to see both sides. And the problem is you can't talk to them. They won't let you talk to them. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. No, I, it, it's been a, a wonderful opportunity uh, having that uh, to talk to students. And, and you know and I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, there's still for, it, It's one reason why I like high school uh, students because they're still formulating uh, their thinking. Um, but I, I love what you were saying about, you know, uh, speaking to your sphere of influence. You know, I'm, I'm a father who has uh, 10 kids. Uh, they're all extremely pro-gun. You know, I haven't let the culture uh, affect their view because and, and so we, we talk about these things. We talk about them around the dinner table, the breakfast table uh, and, and not just guns. I mean, you know, issues, freedom issues. Um, you know, I, I take them all to the range. Um, we've brought friends to the range who were initially very anti-gun, but were curious and left that range, uh, completely. Well, I, I shouldn't say completely pro-gun, but pro-gun, uh, in, in other words, with, with a much different perspective than they had when, when they went in. Uh, so, you know, th- these are things that you can't necessarily You know, you may not be able to reach them through your show, the New York Times may not be able to reach them, but it's that one on one, uh, you know, speaking to the people, like you said, who are in our sphere, Uh, that makes a huge difference. And we should not neglect that.
1: And that's what your 2 million uh, members need to realize is that influence by just taking them out, taking someone out that hasn't shot before, is probably the golden ticket.
0: I think so. And, you know, we've said a lot over this past year that, you know, uh, being a, a member of an organization like the GOA is important, but it's part of doing your part, right? So you still have to do the individual advocacy and the individual work, you know, going to the ballot box, in, educated on what you're doing. Um, and then also being part of a member organization kind of is that is, you know, we can't use the word force multiplier anymore because somehow, you know, that gets you on a list that you're inciting violence, but, but for, for, you know, for the context of this conversation, that's really what it is, is it's, it's helping people see that there are other people in this conversation with you and helps to, to keep us from being so duped it's so easy to get duped by what passes as news these days, and when you've got an organization that gives you the straight scoop, this is really what's going on, this is really what's in the bill, and this is really how it's going to impact not only your life, but your children's and your children's children's, and, and the GOA does that, and I, I so appreciate the work that, that you, you all do there.
2: Well, thank you both. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So as we start wrapping up, please tell folks how they can get involved in that way and how they can uh, follow the GOA and, and join. I encourage everybody to join an organization like this, the no compromise, really going to the mats on our rights uh, organization like Gun Owners of America.
2: Mm. Well, probably the easiest way, uh, go on the web at gunowners.org. Uh, And I would just encourage people, sign up for our free email alerts, uh, because that is how we are defeating gun control. We're mobilizing people to the polls. We're mobilizing people to oppose gun control. The more people that we represent, the louder voice that we have in the Congress. And, uh, you know, and that so that's what 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 needs to be done. And it really helps. Uh, When there is an organized effort and that's that's what we're doing in in organizing. And, you know, as opposed to just, you know, somebody watching the news and just a random sending a random message to their legislators. We're I mean, we've already since last week generated over a million messages uh, to Republicans in the Congress uh, telling them, don't try to uh, nickel and dime uh, these bills and water them down we want no gun control we want you just to vote no uh and that sends a, a loud message um people can follow me personally on twitter i'm also on parlor uh you can find me there uh but i want to just uh, thank both of you for doing what you're doing and helping educate uh people uh that uh, does a, a tremendous service too just you know uh, bringing freedom principles and, and helping alert people to what's going on uh, in our country and the threats we're facing. So, uh, you know, you're, you're informing people while also, uh, you know, uh, revealing the dangers that are out there and how they can get active. So I really appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. How do they find your book, The Constitutional Recipe
2: for Freedom? Well, it's out of print right now. However, I'm going to be doing another class uh, come, coming up this fall. So people could just go to our website at gunowners.org and, and uh, just use the contact form there uh, to ask about it. And uh, I can, because I'm going to be uh, putting in a, another order. And so now is actually a good time uh, so I, I can get that done. So just go uh, gunowners.org and, and use the, the contact form
0: fantastic thank you so much again eric pratt the senior vice president for gun owners of america we appreciate you
1: thanks eric bye-bye
2: you're very welcome thanks guys
0: thank you god bless
2: you know
1: i want to talk about loopholes Mm -hmm. but first of all eric it's, it's awesome you know for an organization that uh they kind of work like the arizona civil defense league is that right, AZCDL? AZCDL. They, but they work on a federal level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a lot of organizations, big organizations that do that, that are working to fight the laws. Um, so so I really appreciate that. But I want to get back to the loophole thing. Mm-hmm. You know who, has, who the biggest loophole is? Is mm-hmm. the government itself. Mm-hmm. Because all they have to do is say, our machines are down, mm-hmm. and it prevents you from buying a firearm. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is say, you're delayed because we don't have time to mess with you right now. Mm-hmm. They inconvenience you. They trouble you. They keep you. Maybe you'll change your mind and not go back and pick the gun up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when you say their machines are down for people that maybe aren't familiar with the process, what do you mean <clears throat> by their Well, machines? that's
1: the thing. That's one of the worst things about this whole plan that they have is that a person comes in to buy a gun on Monday and, uh, oh, we're down right now. Our system is down. We can't check a background check. Well in my opinion, the, the law should be that if well if there was a law, I would there wouldn't be a law, but that <laughs> there you be would be a
0: law that uh, there are no laws right against our gun rights.
1: But that you would um you know if if the system's down, you can't do anything. If the system says you're delayed, you have the, the five day waiting period or three days, whatever I I can't remember anymore, but it's three it's and three. they're trying to extend it. <clears throat> that then you can pick up the gun. But when it's down, you can't do nothing. So basically, they could take the busiest day of the year for gun purchase, let's say Black Friday,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: just say our system's down, and there is nothing we can do. Right, we're we're stuck.
0: Now, and uh, you'll have to help me remember if this is an Arizona thing or it's if federal. The federal. That's federal. Thing. No, I'm saying when you uh, have a concealed carry license mm-hmm. that oh that's the only if yeah if you can sell to during an outage. right if you
1: have a if you have a concealed carry which i encourage everyone to go through the class and get then you can buy a gun uh over the counter you show the concealed carry permit you're already cleared for background and you can walk out with the gun
0: you still fill out the form right it just doesn't have to be called in because it's sort of like a pre-check at the at the airlines right right
1: Right. so so that part is good but Mm -hmm. There's times that we've delayed 20, 30 people in one day, yeah. denied. We couldn't sell them a gun because because they were their system, the system, was, system down. was
0: down. Yeah, <clears throat> it is gun control by the, the flick of a switch, really. Right. And, and, and how we never know if there's going to be a, an outage of the, the background check yeah. system, computer system. We never know uh, once it happens, how long it's going to be.
1: And we've had full days.
0: And we've had full days where we're basically out of business as a gun store, except for the, the few people who maybe had a concealed carry license, which in Arizona, we have constitutional carry. You don't, you're not required to get a concealed carry permit, but we encourage everyone to do that because it's good training and you know, if, if there is an outage, so it's not prevented from being able to do commerce with uh, a, a legal and licensed gun store. But honestly, there's a phrase out there that a right delayed is a right denied. denied. Right.
1: So I, I would say, so if they really want to do something, they should make that law that if they're going to make a law mm-hmm. that says if if the system is down, you can proceed with the sale. That system would never go down then.
0: <laughs>
1: They'd have a back of a back of a backup, Right.
0: You know what? Right. I but not thought but about really, that, but I the, think, they said I think that, you're on something. Well, there. they
1: said that law was not, when they introduced that bill, they said that was not to hurt any uh, honest gun owners. That wouldn't affect them in any way, that it only affect the criminals because criminals couldn't buy a gun. But yet, honest law-abiding citizens came in and were denied or delayed. Right.
0: And now they want universal, oh, always in air quotes, universal background checks because universal would imply or would mean that every single person is going through a background check. But you know what, the local bad guy, the local guy that, you know, is out there trying to plan to do harm and mayhem to others who has no respect for human life, is he going to go through a no. background check? No, yeah, not. probably not. And I, I do so want... it's only going to affect law-abiding citizens, and it can affect them in such a way that there could be an outage of the, the background check, computer system for a month yeah whatever I mean, they
1: want it to be what do you what do you have to fight it
0: yeah it'll probably just be two weeks to slow the spread of gun ownership right. And Then it'll end up being <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> yeah right. <clears throat>
1: well there's you know i know we're running out of time but i want to talk about one other thing that he he addressed the uh, uh, the gun registration you know people say well why why not why not register? what's wrong with registering guns well tell that to what happened in 1934 in germany but also tell that to people modern times in California that they told them that, oh, we just want to know who has 50 caliber rifles. So please register your rifles. You have 90 days or whatever it was, I don't know how many days to register your 50 caliber. Mm-hmm. Well, then after they did the registration, they waited about a year and they said anybody that has a 50 caliber gun needs to remove it from the state or it would be confiscated. So now they knew who had 50 calibers mm-hmm. and they knew how to remove them from the state. So People, yeah. So these are things that it's tell never me for your right, own good so, trust us. T- on this. Give me a give me a reason why we need to register firearms. Yeah. What who needs to know how many guns I have or if I have a gun? Mm-hmm. What person?
0: The answer is no one.
1: No one, right. So So well, maybe me or so give me, maybe what? I should. what <laughs> by registering my gun, what advantage, what would how does that help anyone? It only helps for one thing
0: confiscation
1: if they want to confiscate your guns, absolutely. or if they want to know, hey, we're looking at Dan Todd right now. Oh, he has guns. All oh, right, now we know he has guns. So there's no benefit at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're running out of time.
0: We are, but what an amazing conversation. Uh, I loved uh talking today with Eric Pratt and I appreciate his time so much. And I thank you all of our listeners all over the globe. I mean, literally when we look at our uh, stats and see who's listening and where they're listening, the map lights up all over the entire world and you all could be anywhere. You could be doing anything. And the fact that you've spent your time with us is that's your most finite resource. And we we value that so much. Thank you so much yes, for that. You. Um if you want to uh watch any of our shows that you've missed, you can go to the Ops Lens smartphone app. You can go to YouTube until they decide to boot us out of there. Uh because we talked about <gasps> guns.
1: We also talked about voting. And
0: voting. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Uh, and you can also watch us on GunStreamer. Which is a great YouTube style platform for videos and for the audio only version, super simple. Just go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab, and
1: binge listens to your heart's content, darling.
0: I never say, darling. I never you just say said that. it. I never say that. Anyway, and then <laughs> if you want to see, um, photos and bios and information about any and all of the guests we've ever had on. These are subject matter experts who are bringing you the straight scoop. Click the guest tab. And we don't hate it when you spend time there. All right. We have got to run. Until next time, what are we going to do? Pray for our nation. Yes. What else are we going to do?
1: Pray for our representatives.
0: What else are we going to? How about the ones we don't like?
1: Yeah. I said representatives that we don't like, we're going to pray for them.
0: Okay. Maybe especially.
1: Yeah. Especially them. Yeah. All right.
0: Have a great week. Be good to each other. And God bless.
1: Bye-bye.